I'm your host, Jared Perkins, but I have an incredible guest here with me today, uh, Maxwell Casas, uh, first baseman with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, played at the University of Maryland, was one of the leaders of that team, uh, just an incredible athlete there. Uh, Maxwell, how are you doing today? I mean, I'm going to be real. I don't really, like this, I was looking forward to this the entire week because like usually my days are wake up, go train, <laughs> play baseball, and then come home and like watch TV. <laughs> Yeah, you get stuck yeah, in those routines. I, I, I get I stuck I'm stuck in a routine. So when you reached out, I was like, it was like a dopamine rush. I was like, yes, something different on yeah. my schedule. You know, so yeah, that's man, awesome. Really we hear good. from a, like a lot of guests too, because everybody talks about how like uh, baseball players are so busy, but there is a lot of downtime in baseball that people don't yes. think about. Like, yes, yeah, you go through the grind of practice and games and things like that, but then you have your off season, then you have like after training, there's like nothing to do. There's not really much to do. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I was very much looking forward to this. Yeah, well, we appreciate you taking some time to join us. I mean, uh, your story is incredible, but just the first question I always ask for the fans like who don't know who you are, uh, just give a little bit of background of yourself, um, kind of how you made it to Maryland to play, um, and now making it into professional baseball. So you could kind of, you could kind of say I've been a I've been like a, a Maryland kid my entire life. So yeah. uh, Camden Yards, right? Is yeah. I can see Camden Yards from the attic of my house. That's awesome. I can see Camden Yards from the attic of my house. My first like realist memories are going to Orioles games when I was like four years old with like my dad and my old, my older brother plays for the Houston Astros right now. Yeah. So uh, going to see like you know Melvin Mora, Brian Roberts, Miguel Tejada, like you know Rafael Palmero, like like all those like like you know. Orioles greats right there like when I was like four or five years old so like I mean like this it, it, it I feel like it kind of came full circle to get yeah. to play play for your hometown team now right it's it's um it's weird because like a lot of a lot of places that I go to in the city when I need to do things like I have to end up driving by Camden Yards yeah you know, and a lot of a lot of my friends will, will hit me up and be like, be like, you know, they're like, man, I can't wait to see you playing there one day. You know, like I'll be, I'm gonna be in the stands saying, I knew, I knew him, I knew him when he was like the weird kid in high school. <laughs> you know, so like it, it, it's awesome. I, um, yeah. I went to, went to a high school called Gilman in Baltimore, which is like, if you ask me, it's the it's the best high school in the country. But yeah. you know, like. Ended up going there. Um, Merlin was the only school to offer me for baseball, actually. Yeah. And ended up going there, played there for four years. You know, Orioles reached out to me, and now I play for them. I mean, yeah. it, it's like it's a very, like, you know, I would say full circle type story, like I said. Yeah, I mean that has to be awesome signing that contract with your hometown absolutely. team. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Take us a little bit into that moment where you're like the Orioles reached out and they're like, "Hey, we're offering you a contract." Like, what went through your head during that? I I was kind of like, it. I, I feel like it didn't really hit me until like a couple <laughs> hours later. Yeah, right. It didn't really hit me until it hit me, like a couple hours later when I was kind of like sitting around with my friends and I was like, "Huh, <laughs> like I play for the Orioles now. Like, <laughs> this is awesome." Because my um. My best friend, best friend in the whole world, um, kid named Thomas Booker. He plays for the Houston Texans now. Okay, right? he's a defensive end for the Houston Texans. Now I remember, I remember he uh, he uh, he called me. He called me when he when he heard the news, right? And he was kind of like 
he was like, man, like, this is so awesome, this, this, and that. And I was still kind of just sitting there processing it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, it it doesn't really, like, like hit you until, yeah. like, a couple hours later when it's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I, I do something now that, like, 99% of the population will never get to do. Yeah, that's awesome. That's incredible. So, like, it, this is awesome, you know, like, this is, like – my mom my mom went and pulled out like this little this little like booklet i made in like second grade and then like one of the, the like one of the things out there is like was like when i grow up i want to be a professional baseball player yeah and i thought and uh, of course my mom would keep that somewhere like you yeah know, but like, it has to but yeah man like <laughs> this is this has all been a like a blessing come true yeah, and to do it like for your hometown team too like not many like no very few athletes get to do that <laughs> absolutely yeah. Um, well, one of the questions I have too, because I, I covered the University of Maryland a bit uh, for Prospects Live, kind of going out there for the MLB draft and covering guys. Um, talk about your experience there, because I think that whole entire culture of that program has changed under Chris Vaughn, and they they are just becoming a powerhouse. Um, Absolutely, I think um, one of the things I, I feel like was the the biggest step forward for the Maryland was kind of like that that it, kind of the moment when it was my freshman year when we kind of when we were like a we, we basically went on like a 10 game winning streak my freshman year to get into the big 10 tournament that's wild right and that was kind of like that was kind of like the in some ways like the turning point for everything i would say like when like you know like we we ended up only ended up going up like 500 that year but we still like there was still like a really big like culture change and how like you know everybody went about their business like you mm-hmm. know like extra work was basically required work now like you know practices like you know there wasn't any like real like you know of course we had fun during practices and stuff but it was like you know we we got there got the work in and stuff like that like everybody took care of their business like outside of baseball too yeah. so like there was no nothing bothering us and like it was kind of like really that like senior class of guys that kind of like like started that and we kind of just like you know, Coach Vaughn always called it like the pulling the rope along, you know, like you, know, <laughs> like you just keep pulling yeah. it. Everybody keeps pulling it the right direction. Hopefully, at some point, you get it to like get it to where you want it to end up at. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that's incredible. I, it was just fun to watch. I mean, that lineup just mashed when I was watching Absolutely. it last year. They, you guys just like it was what everybody had like 15, 20 bombs. We, we, everybody had above twelve home runs. Everybody. Yeah. Hit everybody hit above 300 yeah it was nuts like top to bottom that line it was just stacked yeah all right so kind of going into the next question so for beyond baseball we really like to focus on the human beings outside of the game too um so you had an awesome article with d1 baseball talking about some of the, the leading that you're doing on the suicide prevention aspect kind of talk about your journey through some of the mental battles that you went through while you were playing kind of as what has led you to really um one, raise awareness to mental health, and two, just kind of uh, join this fight on suicide prevention as well. I think one of the things that, like, when I get that question that I always say was the fact that, like, I think a lot of the stuff I was dealing with when I came to, like, kind of realize, like, what I was dealing with in college were things that I was, like, experiencing and feeling, like, Mm -hmm. as, like, a high schooler, but I just didn't have, like, the words to put to it. Yeah. yeah. Like I know, like it's kind of like I know what I'm feeling, but I don't know how to explain this. Yeah. And I also think it's the fact, right, that um, 
in my high school I went to, there was only there was only like a hundred kids in my graduating class. So we were all like really close, like really tight, like you know, like I had I would have class with like some of my best friends, and then they go right to like practice with them after school. Yeah. Right. So it, it was it, it, I kind of had like a I guess I would say a buffer effect in a way where it was like even though I was dealing with those things, like I was always like surrounded by like good people, always surrounded by like friends and coaches that love me and teachers that really cared about me, like all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So com- uh, like, you know, compare that to when I go to Maryland, Maryland is 40,000 students. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, 10,000 kids per class, right? Like, that was the first time, like, it, at Merlin, like, I might have had one class with another teammate. Yeah. Right? And and so it was, a, it was a lot more of, like, not having that kind of, like, buffer effect anymore mm-hmm. for, for what the things I was feeling. So then those feelings start, started kind of getting, like, exacerbated in a yeah. way. Right? And, like, I remember, like, you know, it, it was, like, it was weird because, like, I, the 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 better I was performing, it felt like the more and more stressed and like depressed yeah. I was in a way. Yeah. Like every like it'd be, I wake up and be like, oh man, like I I really got to put on today, or something bad's gonna happen, right? Yeah. Like I was feeling like like pressure to just keep performing, keep performing. And I, and I remember it was like you know, I had like a like I had like a like an anxiety attack in a ho- like by myself in a hotel room. Like when we were at Minnesota, and like even to the point where like one of my friends like like called the police out there to come check Jeez. on me. Yeah, and I and I remember that was kind of like the the turning point of like my mental health journey because that's like when I started going to see a psychologist, started mm. you know actually like actually like learn about like what what these like feelings and experiences yeah. were right and and I remember like there's a um, there's a girl on the. Uh, on the field hockey team, her name is Sky Joker. She she coaches at she coaches at a uh, at a private school in Maryland now. And I remember like the the first my first appointment, I didn't want to go to it because I was just like so scared about it. And like yeah. she, she she's one she's she's one of my best friends to this day, like even still. And she like she basically like walked me like arm in arm to my That's first awesome. like, psychology yeah. appointment, right? So basically what I'm saying is that when I get married, she's going to be one of my best men. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I would say that like getting a psychologist saved my baseball career. Mm-hmm. It definitely saved my baseball career. Cause like you can definitely see that like if you were to take a graph of like my performance and then take a graph of like the, the consistency I was seeing a psychologist, like they would both be going up like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you probably have a feeling of relaxation. Not like I was like relaxed now. Yeah. Like I had someone to go talk to about like what I was feeling, like all that stuff. And oh, and a lot of it was the fact of like just learning that it was okay to feel like I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it, like they, you you hear the saying like it's okay to not be okay, but yeah. like like that that is a real thing right a, mm-hmm. a lot of the things i was telling myself i was like well like what what do i have to feel bad for like i'm playing a college sport like you know i you know do well in school like you know i'm healthy like you know i don't have any reason to be feeling bad right and and there is something to say about being like you know grateful for the things you have yeah but in my 
I miss Dr. Garvin <laughs> for the Lions now. So I remember, I'm never going to forget, she told me this. And this, again, this completely changed my perspective on how I see things. She said, you know, drowning in five feet of water is the same way, is the same as drowning in 20 feet of water. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you, you die. Though. You die the same way. Yeah. 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 I think that's incredible because like you talked about it. I mean, we're, we're creatures of our environment, right? And so, like, you having that sense of community when you're in high school and then going to Maryland and feeling probably like there's a less sense of community just because there's so many people. Not necessarily that you don't have people around you that care about you, but that it's, like, more separated um, mm-hmm. from that. Uh, we interviewed Jake Berger with the Chicago White Sox. I mean, he has been outspoken about some of the mental health battles he went uh, through being diagnosed with PTSD, all those kind of things. And he started Burger Bombs, basically. And it's an op- opportunity for fans, other players, athletes, things like that, just kind of talk about mental health. And like you said, just having that person and that opportunity to just kind of talk to someone and just like, know it's okay. And there's other people going through some of the same uh, battles that you might be going through. I think that's always huge. And it's awesome to kind of see you use your platform because I think more athletes should do that is be have the opportunity to really kind of showcase um, what they're going through and that others aren't alone. Absolutely. I think um, um, it is it, so after getting to see a psychologist and starting to like really like learn about all this stuff, like I, I ended up, I majored in psychology actually. That's like, cool. If, if I, if I was not playing baseball, I would be starting to be a cognitive behavioral therapist right now. Yeah. But, but then see, that's awesome too, because like we, we talk about, we talk to a lot of former players. So we do the full length episode and then we do these shorts and then the full length episode, we interview former players and then they just talk about how they lost their identity in the game. And then when their career was over, they had nothing that they could go to, to transition to. They're like, I don't know what I'm going to do in my life um, after this. And it sounds like you, no matter when your career ends, you have an opportunity to think about like, Oh, I can go into the behavioral health field and be able to do that. So it's like, that takes a little bit more pressure off of you Absolutely. having to perform on the field because you know there's something outside of the game. I think uh, I, my 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 biggest thing for wanting to do like the like all the outreach and stuff I do mm-hmm. was the fact that like it it was kind of like so I like I said before like thinking about like all the things that I have right like there are humans out there that have way less than me yeah right yeah. so how must they feel about their lives and stuff like that right so I think. You know, I remember I, I actually went back in back in October. I went to give a speech to my high school about mental health, actually. Mm, that's right. Cool. And, and it was so cool, right? Because, like, because, like, they have like assembly speakers every like, like at least three or four times a week at my high school. And I was, I was talking to my, my, my homie that plays for Texas. He, he, he was telling me, he's like, man, I remember back at, back when we were there, like, they were always like, you know, old dudes with graying hair <laughs> giving me assemblies. Like, yeah. Bro, you're like 22 about to give me this yeah. school. Like, you have to be like the youngest person to do it. He's like, they probably relate really, more to you. I, I remember he was like, I don't remember former students to come back and give speeches there. Yeah. So yeah. I, like what, one of the things I said during a speech was that, you know, vulnerability breeds vulnerability, right? Yeah. And one of the things Coach Vaughn taught us at Merlin was he he had this equation, one of the equations he would teach us like X breeds X, right? Mm-hmm. So Whatever you do is going to breed more of it. Yeah. Right. If you yeah. if you bring good vibes to the field, like intense focus work, more people are going to want to be doing that. Yeah. Right. And but the opposite is true too. Like if you're very like like erratic, like you know, not like not you know bringing good energy, the same thing is going to happen to everybody else around you. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
so one of the things I told the, the, the students that are there now is that like, you know, like it's scary, but like vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Yeah, exactly. Right. If you, like people, people want to want to have a space where they can be authentic for who they are. Mm-hmm. Right. So it sometimes it's all about just taking like the, the first step really. And, and going to like a friend, a teacher, you know, a trusted, you know, a trusted coach and be like, listen, like, this is how I feel right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I don't. And, and sometimes it's OK to say, I don't know why I feel like this. Yeah. Right. Because like some of the close the closest friendships I have right now were created because I was willing to just open up to them about how I was feeling. That's how you develop relationships too. It's like getting that moments of trust and being able to trust in someone else. And the fact that you trust in them, they probably are like, Oh, I can trust this person. I th- I mean, I think it's just the, the coolest thing sometimes yeah. when, 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 you know, I, a- after I, that article, after that article came out in D1 baseball, right. I was, I was really nervous about it. Yeah. To be honest, right? I was really nervous about it Cause I was like, man, like, you know, I wonder how people are going to like take this. Like, you know, like, are, are they going to like, you know, be down with this, right, man? Like, I was getting, I was getting like, you know, like DMs and like kids were texting me from quite literally all over the country. Yeah, like there's a kid, there's a kid from Oregon that played for that runs track at Oregon that reached out to me. There's That's a kid awesome. that that went to UCLA that reached out to me. Texas, Texas Tech, Wyoming. Like yeah. kids is li- like literally all over the country is reaching out to me and be like, man, like I felt like this too. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, that was, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Jake Berger talked about the same thing when he did it for his article. He's like, people started reaching out to me and he goes, sometimes I get busy, but I try to respond to every single yeah, fan, whether it's man. a person, just because he's like, I have this platform and yeah, I'm going to go out there and talk about it. Uh, but he was like, I also want to just be there for people. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to be able to respond. I want. He's like, sometimes I miss them, but he's like, there's times I just try to just be a, a listen. I don't even. He's like, I don't even have to say anything back to them. Hey man, like I, I thought that I just thought that I was like, like, like uh, forget all the baseball stuff. Like I felt so accomplished when when that happened. Yeah. Like, like yeah. just like kids who would, ne- would but otherwise would have never interacted with me in, in their lives. Yeah, that's awesome. That's incredible. I mean, you know, it was even it was even worse. What was even like kind of sadder about it though was the fact that right when that article came out, it was like a couple. If you know Katie Meyer, mm, yeah, I think I've right. Heard it that, was that that article came out like a couple days after mm. Katie Meyer. They they found they uh ruled her death a suicide. Yeah, and I remember I was like you know I was talking to the uh to the guy D one baseball about it. And I was like man like Katie Meyer was quite literally all everything. Yeah. <laughs> She yeah. was literally like like national championships, first team all American, all this stuff. Like, you know, like like what's going on with college athletics for someone like her is feeling like that. Yeah. It's gotta be the amounts of pressure, you know. I just I think that's part of it, but um well, I, I, your story is just incredible. And I kind of want to dive into uh, one thing now that you're going into your first professional season. And like a lot of the lessons that you learned, how, how is that going to help you kind of make that transition to pro ball um, as you kind of get ready and excited I for think, your uh, first year? I, I think it's a lot about um, consistency and process orientation. Mm. 
Yeah. Right. Like uh, again, shout out Coach Vaughn because I have <laughs> I have this uh, I have this saying written on like the mirror in my room. Actually, the saying is up. Uh, if you've ever heard, it, it's called "Chop wood, carry water." Mm. Right, and that like that's like you know a saying that I try to live by now because it's like you know do the things that got you to enlightenment. That's basically what the what the you know it's a, from a samurai book and like. You know, it, it basically just talks about like being consistent in your habits. Yeah, right? you, you're not gonna. You, it, it's you're you're not gonna take a, a giant tree down in one swing. Yeah, it's yeah. the consistency of like hitting it over and over and over and over again, and just making little adjustments here, like making little changes there, right? But still, like you know, am I am I sleeping enough? Right. Am yeah. I getting eight hours of sleep? And am I eating three times a day? Right. Like, am I doing the things that I know bring me peace? Like, do I reach out to my friends every now and then just to, you know, just to talk to them about life? You yeah. Know? Like, am I, do I have any, any hobbies or any like, you know, like, you know, things I like to do that can help take me away from the game when I'm stressed about it or something like that? Yeah. Right. Like a, a lot of it is more so like, because baseball sucks. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> it sucks. Like, it does. Like, I remember I remember, I was talking about, again, my homie at plays for the Texans. He, I would tell him, he was like, man, I don't know how you do it, Max. If I want to, if I only want to pass rush three out of ten times, like, I'm getting, I'm getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Game of failures. <laughs> like, if you get a hit three out of ten times, you're considered really good at what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that's an incredible way to look at it too. I mean, baseball is just hard because it's a game of failures. Um, right. And you touched on, a- and that's kind of why I say like process orientation mm-hmm. is more important, right? Like, like it's one of those things. Like, do I do I feel like you know, do I feel like that that at bat was like I got out because like I was unprepared, or that's just because of what baseball is? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if I get out, if I get out just because that's what baseball is, I can live with that. Yeah. But if I'm like prepared every at bat, do I if I do all the things I need to do every at bat, I can't really be mad. Yeah. You're like, I got it all I got. <laughs> you can't really be mad at it. Yeah. Um, you touched on a few of things, but this kind of segues into the last question I always ask every guest. Um, because we want one, this to be a podcast where fans can get a good sense about the the pl- the players behind the numbers on the field. But two, we also want it to be a resource for future athletes who might be going through some of the same struggles. Um, so if you had that one piece of advice for an athlete who might be having some of the same battles that you did throughout your career, what would that one piece of advice be? I, I would say, you know, this is a, this is a tough one because there's, so <laughs> there's, so yeah. there's so many things. There's so many things. I guess, you know, When it comes when it comes down to, to sports, right? And it comes down to like the obviously the humans as you as you say, like behind like the athlete, yeah. right? I think, you know, we're only as good and we're only going to be as good as the people we compare ourselves to and the people we surround ourselves with. Yeah. Right. Like I, I can definitely say that like I I wouldn't be here without my friends, my family and stuff like that. Like my yeah. closest individuals. And like, I remember a lot of times when like they, they were the ones that like helped me get through the bad days. Right. Like, cause it'd be like, at least, at least I get to talk and see to them today. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a positive like, there. Yeah. Well, I think for for the people that are are going through all this stuff, right? It find your tribe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like find find the people that you know. Like when you need someone, they're there for you. Mm-hmm. I like I like this is gonna this is gonna be sound funny, but like I I quite literally have like a group chat of like my like seven eight closest friends that yeah. I, that I named it Found Family basically. <laughs> I love it. Like we literally call it Found Family, and 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 you know there are other athletes, other people that I've just met along the way, but like like. I, I made this joke early, but they're going to be at my wedding, basically. Yeah, like they're going to be yeah. they're going to be the only invites to the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, like, you know, they're they're the ones that like, you know, have always taken the time out of their day to kind of like, you know, make sure I was all right. Yeah, like when I um when I first got when I first got you know picked up, I got to play in Aberdeen for a couple of weeks because of, uh, because of injuries up there. Right. And one of the, one of the girls that uh, that's in my found family chat, she plays, she plays softball at the university of Maryland. Okay. Now Aberdeen is in Northern Maryland. Yeah. Right. The university of Maryland is basically DC. Yeah. It's like right on the so, border. So on her off day, on her off day, she plays softball there. Right. On her off day, she drove the two and a half hours, like, from DC to Aberdeen just That's to come awesome. see me play. That's cool. <laughs> because she's from Aberdeen. Yeah. Right? So she, her, her and her family came out to see me play. That's awesome. And I was like, Mackenzie, this is going to be like a four hour drive back because of traffic. She's like, I don't really care. I just wanted to come see you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Or when my, um, when my best friend comes home from Texas, like he makes a point to come see me play. Because yeah. his off season is usually when I'm in season. Yeah. But he always makes a point to come to at least see me play once. Yeah, that's like a- little like little stuff like that where it's like you know, like you know on and on 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 weekends when all my teammates were out partying and stuff like I was with them like I was with them like you know Merlin has like this really big like uh like like grass field in front of the main library yeah I would be out there with them like on blankets just like just cracking dumb jokes and stuff. <laughs> But like I said, like find your people. Yeah. Finding your people is the most important thing there is because at the end of the day, right, your relationships are really all that you have in life, right? I, like when we think about like, you know, like legacies and all that stuff, right? Like you don't put up your own statue. Other people put up the statues of you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's an incredible thing to end on too, just because we've had multiple interviews where we've interviewed players and they talk about the game's going to end, but the relationships are going to stay forever. And two, we're, we're always creatures of our environment. So the people we surround ourselves with kind of dictate our outcomes sometimes just because the people we have around us are either going to support us, they're going to bring us down, those kind of things. So I think that's just an incredible thing that, to end on. And Max, again, thank you enough for taking the time to join us. This has been incredible. Awesome. I was appreciate being on here, man. Yeah, we're wishing you nothing but the best this season. So good luck. I will be watching. Thank you. I appreciate you, man.